Okay, good evening, everybody. Tonight, it's, uh, first of all, Freilchen Chanukah to everybody. Chanukah Sameach, Lichtige Chanukah, whatever your uh, preferred salutation and greeting is. Um, but uh, tonight, I, I'm going to raise two shilas. Neither of them are Chanukah-related, are, are Chanukah related, um, because I just um, didn't get any, that, you know, particularly unique Chanukah-related shilas this week. Actually, there was a pretty unique one, but I'm not prepared to talk about um, Rabbi Kalinsky told me in Yeshiva they had a shaila, they have a lot of boys, I don't know how many boys, but there are some boys that are in quarantine. Oh, Rabbi Kalinsky's there. Oh, okay. So uh, so he, he told me that they, they have boys that are in quarantine and there was a shaila about where to do the uh, the hadlaka because the dorm is not does not allow you to light in the dorm room. So uh, so that that's an interesting shaila, but I'm not prepared to talk about that shaila. So we're going to talk about two or one of two other shailas that uh, again will go with our normal system where uh, you vote on which one to do and Henry will vote on doing both and uh, and and uh, we'll we'll go from there. So one shaila I got uh, this week, someone texted me the following. He wrote, the lighting in my apartment is broken. The landlord is responsible for that, but she's saying she doesn't want to pay for it. I just realized, Rabbi Klinsky, are you here because you think this is the parents' share? Rabbi Klinsky, do you hear me? No? no? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so uh, I just wasn't sure. If that... So the um, the landlord is responsible for that, but she's saying she doesn't want to pay for it, meaning his, something broke in the lighting. It's the landlord's, uh, the landlord's responsibility. She's an old Holocaust survivor. Instead of fighting her on it, I'm thinking to just pay for it. Would I be allowed to use miser money to fix the lights? Because it's like tzedakah to a Holocaust survivor. I mean, she's really obligated to pay for it, and uh, she's not going to, or I certainly don't want to drive her crazy to make her do that, or to fight her on it, so can I just use miser money to fix it? I'm doing this to avoid any fights. That is Shaila number one. Shaila number two was as follows. Um, this is... Okay, I'll just read you the uh, the text. Shavuot Tov, Rebbe. Okay, this I got a Motsoy Shabbos, obviously. Um, my mother often offers her house for Shidduch dates to come, meaning this is a COVID-related uh, thing, that this has become uh, people with nice basements during the summertime, nice backyards, would uh, would offer their homes for uh, for shidduch dates, like uh, if you have like a ping pong table and a pool table, you know there are people that have all these fun things in their uh, in their basements, so they'll offer it for uh, for shidduch dates when you can't really go out somewhere else. Um, so uh, my mother often uh, often offers her house for shidduch dates to come. There's a date tonight in the basement, and my brother was supposed to be home so that the date wouldn't be in violation of yichud. My brother got confused somehow and left, and now the date is there alone in the basement. I did go to the house to unlock the doors and walked around, made noise to let them know someone was home. They think someone is home, but nobody is. The doors are unlocked. Am I mukhiyuf to go to the house since they were told someone would be home? Or is their thinking that someone is home good enough? Thank you. So that was uh, his childhood. Does he have to go? This is a married guy. He'd rather uh, spend time with his wife on the Motsoy Shabbos. He'd rather not go to the house. So uh, that's those are the two childhoods. Let's see, which one do we want to talk about? Do we want to talk about the... Uh, I forgot already what the first one was. Yeah, the uh, not paying back the uh, Holocaust... Or not making the Holocaust survivor pay so that uh, you can take the... And, and then using that money as miser money? Or will we, would we rather talk about the... Um, would we rather talk about the Shidduch date question and Yichud? If you could use the chat to vote, we only have one vote in so far. So, uh, oh, okay. 
It's a small crowd tonight, so okay. So the 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 majority has already voted. Okay, so uh, so we're gonna we're gonna take that. Oh, Henry actually voted. Okay, but I'm the, I'm the and you lost the one time you vote, you lose. Child of a Holocaust survivor. What's that? I'm a child of a Holocaust. A child of a Holocaust survivor. Okay, so maybe I'll go back to that one afterwards in in in, uh, in your honor. Um, okay, so uh, so let, let's discuss the uh, the yichud issue. So first of all, let's just talk a little bit about the issue of yichud. Is is yichud the only issue over here? Meaning, just is this or is this not a violation of yichud? Is that really the only question that uh, that has to be dealt with over here? And is there anything else? That's what I'm trying to trying to figure uh, out. Is honesty. What's that? Honesty, like keeping a commitment? Ah, oh, okay. So that's what I was thinking, that there's really a second issue also. Meaning even if, even if the people are not at all in violation of Yichud, but there is uh, something too, promising something and then delivering on that promise. And if you uh, if you promise something, don't deliver on the promise. So maybe that's that's an issue as well. So let's talk about both of those issues. We'll talk about Yichud first, because that seems to be the primary issue, and then the uh, delivering on the promise issue. So first of all, is this an issue of Yichud? Well, in, in in general, whenever we want to talk about any iser, any mitzvah, the first thing you need to talk about is what the nature of the mitzvah is, what the nature of the iser is. Is it a dindar rice, a dindar abanon? So the Gemara tells us in Meseches Kiddushin that remez liyichud min atara minayin. How do I know that there's a remez? Where do we see a remez to yichud from the Torah? And the Gemara quotes the pasuk Yisischa chicha ben imecha v'at v'chi ben ein mesis ben av einu mesis. No, that tells me that uh, that that uh, that the fact that the Torah juxtaposes poses the word Ben with the word Aim, that tells me that a son is allowed to have Yichud with his mother, but you're not allowed to have Yichud with Kol Shabbatar with all the other Arayos. So that's the drasha the Gemara has. When you read that Gemara, you think, that can't possibly be a real drasha, right? Meaning it sounds so strange. You just take two words that are juxtaposed with each other and, and identify the mitzvah based on a relationship. This side, the Pasuk's not even about Yichud. It's not even about people being together. It's about mesis. It's about someone causing someone else to do Avodazar. Can't Possibly be yet the Gemara of Adazar Lam Nevavam Beis very clearly tells us that Yichud is Nisudaraisa that Yichud without Rayos is Nisudaraisa. Uh, this case may or may not be Yichud without Rayos because the Gemara tells us that Yichud without Rayos is Nisudaraisa. Yichud with a Pnuya with a single girl is David David Amelch Beis Dino was Gozer against Yichud with a Pnuya. So that was a a Dindrabanan in the times of the Neviim and then Yichud with a non. Jewish woman, that's a, uh, a din that came in from the, the based in Shoshamai Vihilel, they were gozer on uh, Yichud with a non-Jewish woman. So the question is, is this Yichud Pnuya, that was uh, that was the Gzeira of David HaMelech, or, which would make it a Drabanan, David HaMelech was gozer Yichud uh, when uh, he saw the episode that happened with Amnon and Tamar, right, and he figured that if something so terrible could happen to such a Tsanua like Tamar, um, then, uh, then, then Kal V'chomer, uh, for, for other women, Women, they, they would be at terrible risk of something like this happening if uh, they were left alone with, uh, with a man. So he made a gzeira of Yichud uh, with a pnuya, with a single girl, which is fascinating also in that Yichud Arayos was already, already Aser. 
Amnon and Tamar were brother and sister, right? Or maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't brother and sister, right? Maybe they were, uh, they were, um, you know, like a, a Brady Bunch situation, uh, kind of brother and sister, right? Uh, so that, that, that's an, an interesting uh, question. That that's what motivated Yichud with a uh, with the Pnei, to expand the Yisra of Yichud. So whether it spoke to that particular case, or just that was the motivation of David to expand. So what would you say over here? Is this Yichud Pnei, or is this Yichud Arayos on a, on a date? So what's the, what would you tell you? No, no one's got anything to say. Yichud Pnuri, Yichud Arayas. So, so Howard Gans writes, Yichud Pnuri, Apashat, right? There is a tzad, though, that it might be Yichud Arayos, because a single girl, Pashtus, has also not gone to the mikveh. So she is a nida. So there is a major discussion in Poskim as to whether a nida has the status of Arayos, right? Does she have the status of Arayos? Is, uh, uh, what, what exactly the status of a nida is? And uh, Nafkamina would be, I mean, uh, that would happen Nafkamina and Hilchus Yichud. But either way, whichever way you want to say in that whole discussion about the status of a nida, it's definitely Aser. It's definitely Aser to have Yichud with a Pnuya. So what are the Heterim and are any of the Heterim fulfilled over here? So it's interesting, the Gemara itself talks about what the Heterim are. For example, the Mishnah says, in the end of Masech's Kiddushin, if you have two men and, uh, or three women, then that's simply not Yichud. So that's not really a Heter, that's like saying, if you go to a baseball stadium, you're not having Yichud with the women that are there. Uh, you know, back in the old days when there was 50,000 people in a baseball stadium, right? Now, you'll probably be all alone if you go to a baseball stadium. But if you go to a place where there are 50,000 people there, um, so uh, you, you go to a wedding in Williamsburg, so you'll, uh, you, you're not having yichud with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the women that are, that are there, right? Of course you're not having yichud, because you're not alone with anybody. There are thousands and thousands of people there. So if you're not alone with anybody, so then of course it's not yichud. So that's not really a heter of yichud, that's just, it's just not yichud. Then the, uh, the Gemara tells us, that if a woman is married and her husband is in town, anywhere in town, then it's not a violation of yichud. Okay, this is obviously not a married woman, so that's not going to help us in terms of Baila Be'ir. But then, the Gemara tells us, Pesach, Pesuach, L'Roshos HaRabim is also not a violation of Yichud. That if there's a door open to the Roshos HaRabim, it's not a violation of, a violation of Yichud, although the Gemara then qualifies that if it's Libo Gasba, that if they're very comfortable with each other, then, uh, then, then, uh, then, then, if it's libo gaspa, if they're very comfortable with each other, then that still would be a violation of yichud. Someone just sent me a private message. Isn't there a third issue that is a question besides keeping word in rayos? If the case is a possible case of yichud, then it will be lefnei either. Yeah, meaning, meaning, then you're the one that's causing them to have yichud, right? But I'll, I'm going to call that the yichud issue because that will all depend on whether uh, on, on whether they're actually in violation of yichud, right? If they're in violation of yichud, you're the one that's causing it. If they're not in violation of Yichud, then you didn't cause anything, then there's no problem, there's no problem at all. So there is this Din Pesach Pesuch Lurushasrabim. The idea of Pesach Pesuch Lurushasrabim seems to be that since people are going to see you, right, meaning there are two ways to look at Pesach Pesuch Lurushasrabim. One is that there's just a fear. It's, it's similar to Baila Be'ir, that at any moment you could get caught, right? That's a Machlokas Rishonim about Baila Be'ir itself. Is the concern that at any moment you can get caught, or is it that a woman has a natural trepidation because her husband is around. Now, if Kamina is one of the husbands in town, but he has no idea where she is, right? He has no idea where to find her. So if it's about just a natural trepidation,
trepidation, uh, then uh, then then it would it would still not be a violation of yichud. But if it's about fear of being caught, well, she's not going to be too fearful of being caught if the husband has no idea where she is. Or let's say she's in a doctor's office and the husband's never going to barge in in the middle of a doctor's appointment. He's in the waiting room. He's he's waiting for he's uh, waiting patiently for her to come out. He's never going to barge in. So if it's about a trepidation, so then uh, uh, just because she knows she senses the presence of her husband, so then she has to be, uh, th- then it would not be a violation of Yichud. But if it's about an actual concern that he might come in and he might catch her at any time, well then there, w- there would still be a violation of Yichud if she knows that that's not going to happen. So Baila Be'ir might be about the fear that she's going to come in. What about Pesach that, that he's going to come in? What about Pesach Pesuch Rabim? So there are two ways of understanding Pesach Pesuch Rabim as well. One way of understanding Pesach Pesuch Rabim is Doors open, so anyone could just walk right in. And if anyone could walk right in, you can get caught. In fact, Rav Moshe, Rav Moshe has uh, a long tshuva in Hilchus Yichud. Um, one of the great, um, the great contributions that some of the uh, younger Rabbanim, when Rav Moshe Feinstein was alive, uh, that some of the younger Rabbanim made to Jewish literature was that when they wrote a Sefer on a particular topic, they sent all the Shailas on the Sefer to Rav Moshe, and they got Rav Moshe to write Shuvas, and Rav Moshe didn't write Shuvas like Rav Chaim Kanievsky does, you know, Cain, Lo, Ulai, you know, they, they, they weren't one-word answers. Rav Moshe wrote uh, and explained his responses to every single question. So, like, for example, when Rabbi, when Rabbi Eider decided to write a book in English on Hilcha Shabbos, he's the one that got Rav Moshe to write all those Gishmak and Shuvas about Hilcha Shabbos. We know everything, almost everything we know about Rav Moshe Shitos and Bishal B'Shabbos and Borer all of those are the Malachos because Rabbi Eider wrote him a Shaila. So someone was writing a book on Hilchas Yichud and similarly wrote, wrote Rav Moshe Shaila and he got great stuff, great uh, Piske Alacha from Rav Moshe. Rav Moshe has one highly unusual Chumrah and one highly unusual kula in his uh, in in that tshuva. At least uh, that that's my assessment of it. The highly unusual chumra that he has is that he holds a yinal out of yichud in a car. Um, that uh, even if you're on a highway and there are lots of other cars there, you can't be alone with a woman in the car. Why not? There are other cars there. What are you going to do? You're on a highway. You can't stop driving. Like, what, what, what's the concern? He says, well, you could turn off at any moment. You could turn off the road at any moment and find a secluded area, and therefore it's a violation of Yichud. Very, very difficult to understand why that would be a violation of Yichud. Meaning, if you're talking to a, uh, or to, to a woman or see a woman in a very, very public location, is that a violation of Yichud? Because you could take a walk and go off to the side somewhere. Uh, you know, you can, you can grab her and kidnap her. I mean, you're not going to do that, and right now, you're not in a situation where you are alone, meaning there's always the possibility that you can end up somewhere, but right now, you're not in the Yichud situation. I remember when I first saw that Shuvah from Moshe, I was single, I was in Yeshiva, and I went over to Rosh to ask him uh, what he thought about Yichud in the car. So I said, Rebbe, uh, what does Rebbe hold about, uh, you know, having Yichud with a woman in a car? And he said, uh, yeah, if you're on a road that's populated, I don't see any problem with it. So I said, 
Oh, because uh, I just because I just saw Rav Moshe is machmir bari. He said, "Oh, okay. If Rav Moshe is machmir, so then we have to be machmir." So, so that that didn't go the way I had planned. So, uh, so I said, "Rebbe, how how is a person supposed to date then? If uh, you know, if, uh, if we're going to be machmir about that issue, you can't go in a car alone. Do you have to take a chaperone? You know, bring mommy along? Like, how exactly is that going to is that going to work out?" So he said, "Hmm, how did I date?" We used to take walks. You should take walks. That's what I passed him. So, so, so that didn't, uh, again, not exactly the way I envisioned the conversation, uh, the conversation going tandem bikes. Okay, it's a good idea. So, uh, so not, not exactly the way I envisioned the conversation going, but that's what he said. Okay. So uh, that's what Rav Moshe's unusual chumrah. Rav Moshe has another, uh, the reason I'm mentioning this is because he also has an unusual kula. His unusual kula is that he says, if you're in a house, even if the door is closed and locked, but it's during the times of the day where people might knock on the door, then it's not a violation of Yichud. Because if someone knocks on the door, of course you're going to answer it. You're not going to just ignore it. So uh, so th- th- that's the equivalent of someone barging in, of the constant fear of someone barging in. That is an unusual kula, because I, I don't know, it, maybe if I'm not doing anything else, I would answer it. But if I'm in an embarrassing position, I'm not going to answer it. Right? I would rather ignore it and play, uh, you know, pretend that nobody's home rather than, uh, than answer the door. So how does that... Uh, so it's a very unusual uh, kula. But there is this concept of Pesach, Pesach, Lerushasrav. So again, the Chakira, I don't know if I said it, so maybe it's not again. The Chakira about Pesach, Pesach, Lerushasrav is, does Pesach, Pesach, sounds like he lived in Russia and fear the KGB. Yeah, it could be that uh, he was, uh, right, speaking from those terms. The Chakira about Pesach, Pesach, Lerushasrav is, do we say that because Pesach, Lerushasrav, you have a fear that someone will see you or someone will walk right in? Or, no, Pesach Pesach Harabim is Ki'ilu, you're in the Rosh Harabim, meaning you're simply not in a private place. You're out in the street, meaning what makes it your house as opposed to the street? Because your house has four walls that block you off from the street. But when you have a direct line of sight to the street, so then uh, then Ki'ilu, it's Ki'ilu, you're, you're in the street. Uh, the uh, maybe nafkamin is between between those two, but let's take uh, let's take uh, this this example over here. So is uh, they're they're in the basement. They're not even in the room that has a direct line of sight from from the street. So if someone walks into could just if the fear is that someone could just walk into the house, so then yeah, they should be fearful of that that someone could just walk into the house. But if it's you're in the street. It's hard to say that when you're in the basement. You're you, you have a doorway that goes to a doorway that goes to a place where it's then pesul. You're in an inner room in the in the uh, in the basement. Um, however, w- one thing that does that does appear to be um, to be uh, to be true is, or or, or let's say it this way, uh, another potential nafkamina. What if you're not afraid someone's going to walk in? You just don't you don't think it's going to happen. You have you have uh, you have no fear that someone is uh, is going to walk in. But if it's a pesach and that's just the nature of the place you're in is simply not. A situation of yichud, so then there should be no problem. But uh, but if you're not afraid that someone's going to walk in and pesach is all about the fear that's created, then it will be a problem. Pashtus is it is about the psychology of the situation. That the idea of pesach is that you're concerned that someone will come in, someone will catch you, someone will see. So therefore, that's enough to take away the issue of yichud, and that's why with libo gaspa it doesn't work because when you have a certain comfort level uh, with the person, so you're more. You, you, Either more willing to take risks, you're 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 more convinced the person will help cover for you. Um, the, uh, the 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 starting point of the Yetzirah is is 
is uh, much, much greater and therefore uh, is more powerful. So if you're at a situation of Libo Gaspa, Pesach Pesachim doesn't help. It would seem that having other people in the house uh, is not enough unless there's an actual concern other people might stop in, might come down at some point in time, right? If you think that nobody's ever coming down and you know that they're just going to leave you alone the entire time, that lechor is not good enough. You should probably have to have someone who actually walks in. So let's say they're assuming that there's someone around the house that's going to walk in, so then it would probably not be a problem of yichud, as long as they know that there's someone around who might walk in at any, at any time, or they think there's someone around who might walk in at any time. What I would suggest, what I always suggest when it comes to yichud, um, people always ask all sorts of uh, yichud questions with a therapist, with a, I always say just put on, uh, put on a Zoom, uh, you know, and uh, put it on mute, so no one will have to hear what you're talking about, and just uh, put the camera on yourself and uh, and have someone else on the other end who's able to check in on their computer and uh, someone else on the Zoom that they could look in. So they'll see that you're sitting there. So there's not, nothing, nothing wrong if, uh, if a date uh, decides to do that. I'll have a friend. I had a, a check-in on them all the time. You know, I, I get the shadow sometimes Chassan and Kala. That Chassan and Kala are uh, setting up their apartment and uh, for an hour or two they're going to be alone. There's no one that's going to be there. So probably not the healthiest situation in the, in the, in the world. But uh, for some Sometimes it's uh, it's unavoidable. So what do you do? Just turn on a camera and let uh, have someone else check in. And if someone is watching by, by a camera, that does take away the Isra of Yichud. There's a wonderful sefer who I just uh, the author just contacted me recently called Ohel Yaakov. Uh, he's uh, Rabbi Skatchelis who grew up in Queens in Rabbi Arieli's shul based on his Haskamos. I figured that out. He grew up in Rabbi Arieli's shul in Queens and now lives in Eretz Yisrael. He writes these beautiful svarim. So he talks about Yichud with a ca- with a camera. And he writes that as long as there are no blind spots and that the camera is constantly working and that it's a high-quality image and people have consistent access to the camera and people in the room are aware that there's a camera, that would be enough. So uh, what I would recommend is tell the dates. And when the dates come over, by the way, we have a camera down there and, and actually have one. I mean, it's not, it's not a big deal to have cameras down there. So, uh, so that's, that's probably what, uh, what, what, you should, uh, what you should do. Revel Yashu, they said, didn't rely on the cameras because you can always cut the feed. But that's similar to like Rav Moshe's, you can drive off the highway. You can, but until you do it, it's still not a, it's still not a yichud problem. Um, Rav Vazner thought that, no, camera doesn't help, because you can't walk in through the camera. Pesach Pesach Hashem is that someone could walk in. That's like opening a window on a second floor, meaning uh, no, one, no one's getting in. It doesn't, uh, doesn't help that people uh, might be able to, uh, to see you. But that's a Chiddush also, because, uh, because Lechora, a Chalon Pasuach, uh, the, uh, we're, we're making about a Chalon Pasuach. If you have a window that's open, um, as long as it, Rav Moshe writes in Shuvah, you don't even have to see the people directly. You just have to be able to tell what's going on in the house, roughly. And that's good enough, as far as Chalon Pasuach. Uh, this is a shyly, you know, Talmidim ask all the time. When they're dating, they're always looking for things to do. So one of the things that they come up with is, uh, is, is escape the room. So escape the room is you're locked in a room and then you have to figure out, you know, all the clues to get out of there. And you're not getting out in less than, uh, I don't know, if you're really a champion at this uh, in uh, 35 minutes or so. Otherwise, it's a, it's a bad escape room. So, uh, so it's, you're going to be there for way more than a sheer yichud. But there's cameras there. They're watching you the whole time. Um, not only that, escape room, you have, you have a bigger hatter. Not only are they watching you the whole time, you might say, yeah, but they're prutzen, the people who are watching me. But uh, people, I've been told that 
said that people have tried doing indecent things while they were in an escape room, and they they come in there and they throw you out, and they uh, they say no, that's not what this is for, and they uh, they get rid of the people. So uh, so it could be that you risk being thrown out of your escape room if you uh, if you try to do uh, behaviors that are not not that are unbecoming. Um, it's also important to remember whenever it comes to yichud, if you're the person that's actually in the situation, it's yichud is like a bare minimum. This is something I always tell the talmidim. It's not uh, right. If the watchers are not Jewish, how can I say that that makes them prutzim? But uh, but if their job is to throw you out, if you uh, you know if, uh, if if you're doing something uh, not right, so then uh, and they would stop you, and that's you know that's sort of what they're there for. It would well, probably I had have... an example with uh, they they took the call up in a helicopter ride, and the Shiloh was whether the pilot was was Jewish or not, as the third party in the. In the helicopter. Really? Uh, I mean, like a, a guy for, for a proposal or something? Yeah, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> also interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be a Shaila. Um, uh, Rav Nuberger thought by the escape room that it's mutter, but better not to do it. Because you have to remember, Yichud is a bare minimum. It's not like the maximum behavior. What about the fact that you told them that you're going to be home? I Meaning, even if you hold it to mutter in terms of Yichud, which it probably is because they think that you're there, um, first of all, even if you hold its mutter, they might hold its asr. Meaning, uh, you know, you, 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 can, you can give a nice shear about yichud and come to the conclusion that it's mutter, but they could just as easily come to the conclusion that it's asr, that they're all alone. And you promised them that they would, that they, that they would not be biyichud. And now they're biyichud. And it is a violation of the Israel. And even if it is totally mutter, they may be uncomfortable with it. Meaning it could be that they wanted someone in the house not only because of the technical violation of yichud, but they wanted somebody in the house because they're uncomfortable with, uh, with, with trusting themselves alone. And if they, uh, and, 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 and if that's what you had promised them. That's what you had offered them. I don't know, when people offer their homes for dates, do they, they charge for it? Do people pay for it? Or it's just a chesed that people do? It's a chesed that they do. Okay, even if it's a chesed, but that's what you promised them you're going to do, which is a question. If you promise that you're going to do something nice for a person, are you obligated to do that nice thing that you said you would do for the person? The Gemara Bab Metzia Memtesa Meralef has a machlokas between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan whether yesh bidvarim amana, that if it uh, shows a lack of trustworthiness, if you uh, promise something, you say something, meaning when you uh, go back on, uh, on on a promise, is that considered mechusra amana and inrach hacham noche menu, that the chacham are not Considered to uh, not happy with you, so the Gemara brings a brisa. It derives from the pasuk hin tzedek ve'efas tzedek shehin shalcha tzedek that your yes has to be tzedek. When you say yes, it has to mean yes, and when you say no, it has to mean no. Meaning, when you say you're going to do something, it has to mean that. So uh, the 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 brisa is a kasha on Rav who holds that ain bedvar mishum hamana that uh, saying words is not a violation of the hamana because the, the, this uh, pasuk sounds like hin tzedek that it has to be. You have to. Keep Keep your word. So Abayi says, from this uh, Pasuk we learn, The Pasuk of Hin Tzedek means that if you say something and you're thinking something else, you shouldn't be dishonest in the way you present things. It shouldn't be Echad Bepeh, Echad Belev. So not, that's not really related to Mechus Re'amana. Um, the uh, Rif 
paskins lahalacha, like the shita of Rabbi Yochanan, uh, where uh, where Rabbi Yochanan says that it is a violation of luchus ve'amana, but he also quote, quotes the brisa that hinshel chatzedek ve'efoshel chatzedek as not speaking yachad bepeh ve'echad beleiv, meaning he thinks they're both true. You also shouldn't be yachad bepeh ve'echad beleiv. So uh, that's that's how we uh, we paskin lahalacha that uh, that you should uh, that from the Rambam Pirush Mishnayis. It sounds from the the the, the of, of the pasuk that it's a drasha gemurah to be mekayim diburo that a person has to fulfill that which he says he's going to do. And we pass in Shulchan Archa and the Ramal like Rabbi Yochanan, that yesh bedvarim mishum mechusrei amana. So now, that idea, that yesh bedvarim mishum mechusrei amana, uh, there is a chakira as to how to understand that. Why is it that yesh bedvarim mishum mechusrei amana? Meaning, uh, let's say, the uh, meaning, the chakira goes as follows. Is it a ben adam l'chavero did? Or is it a ben adam l'atzmo did? Meaning, is it that you promise somebody something and there's so das that you're going to take care of them, that you're going to give them that item? And once they have smichas das, then not to do it is like pulling it away from them. That it, uh, when, 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 when you're not going to, when you're not going to fulfill what you promised. Or is it that if you say you're going to do something, you made that commitment, you have to be an honest person, so you have to keep keep that commitment. Nafkamina would be, you make the promise, you, uh, Ruvain promises to give uh, to give Shimon something, but not to Shimon, he promises Levi that he's going to give Shimon something. So Levi hears it, but uh, but it's for Shimon. So there's no smichas das in the Makabal, Makabal has no idea. Uh, but on the other hand, you, you said you're going to do something. So uh, the the Shulchan Aruch HaRav uh, in in Dine Mechira and Sivav quotes the Shulchan Aruch that even a Haftacha to Shalom B'Fnei HaMakabel has a din of Mechus Re'amana. But uh, the Shulchan Aruch HaRav says that Sarachim, because there's no Smichas Das, so who cares? Why does it matter? Elamai, the answer must be that it matters because it matters for you. It's a Bein Adam La'atzmodin, that a person has to be honest. Nafkamina might also be when it's not an issue of giving somebody anything. You just said that you would be there. Not that you're going to give anybody anything, but that you would be around the house. So you said that that was going to happen, that this house would not be empty. So that there's not an issue of Smichas Das, that a person is losing something, that they're losing money, that they're losing an item. There's no, there's no thing that's being handed over. It's just a matter of smichas das. It's just a matter, rather, of uh, not keeping your word. So if we're going to pask in that way, that uh, that even shalom b'fnei amikabel, it seems like that side in the chakira that there's a problem without with not keeping your word, and uh, and that that might even be a dindar raisa that's derived from the pasuk of hin sedek that you have to you have to keep your word. So uh, so if that's the case, it would seem that uh, that that lechora they should make sure that somebody is in the house. So again, Meikredin, I would say, Mehilchas Yichud, to the extent that it's not Yichud when there's somebody upstairs. Um, and the people are concerned. Somebody might walk downstairs. So if they think somebody's upstairs, that's probably good enough, especially considering that he gave them some evidence that somebody was upstairs by stomping through the house for a little while, uh, you know, earlier on. So that's probably good enough. Um, but uh, from from a Benadim Lechavero perspective, that you promise them that something is going to happen, L'chore, you, you have to keep your promise. I also had a Cheshash Mihilchus Yichud from another perspective. At some point, they're going to want to leave the house. So when they come back upstairs and it's time to leave and they want to say, thanks so much, thank you, and they see that nobody's there, uh, that, that's also a problem. And also, it may depend where they are in the dating process. If it's a first date, so you can't call that libo gaspa. 
if it's an eighth date, uh, probably is libogaspa. The relationship is uh, is progressing. At some point, it becomes libogaspa, where Pesach Pesach Rishisrabim doesn't help you either. With their natural fear, is is not going to be enough. So it could be that it's a yichud problem as well. So I thought uh, it's best that he uh, that he go back and keep his promise and hang out in that in in the house. You also don't want a situation where they're going to tell their friends, oh, uh, if you go to that house, uh, don't worry, you'll be left all alone. They'll tell you someone's there, but no one's really there. And you'll uh, you'll be left all alone. That would uh, that would not be a good uh, a good conclusion to that uh, to that story. So I thought, even though it was not convenient for him, I thought it would be appropriate for him to go back to the house. So I wish everyone a lichtige Hanukkah, an enjoyable uh, Shabbos, and uh, I guess same time next week. Yeah. And Howard, I'll see you in fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Once a year, we have uh, we have a mashulah from Brooklyn who stays over by us. This way he saves, you know, an hour and a half each way going back and forth. He can set up his appointments early and everything, whatever. So in the morning, I tell him I'm going to the, I don't even remember anymore, nine months ago, um, the 610 minion, the 620 minion, whatever it is. So I say, um, what menu would you like to go to in the morning? So he's like, I said, well, I'm going to the 610 minion. He said, that's way too early for me. And it's like, no, you don't understand. It wasn't a question. And he's looking, he's telling my wife, he's, he's telling my wife, Bala Bahir, Bala Bahir. And he's like, you're going to the 610 million. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good.